most fun way to start your day. Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. So here we are. Today is Wednesday, July the 20th of 2022. Glad you guys are here this morning. Just so you know, I've already done the countdown to the next payday. Gosh, I know. How does it all of a sudden happen? And you're like, man, I need to get paid again. You're like, what? How many days? I got 11 days until payday. Uh, Let's see here. As we go throughout the show this morning, I have an issue. Um, I normally get my best sleep in my afternoon nap, and that's typically when I have these really vivid dreams. But my dreams are starting to worry me because every one of my dreams ends up in my demise. Oh, no. Like I'm not going to survive. So, And then I wake up anxious that something's about to happen to me. So I will share that with you this morning. Plus, today uh, is what they call National Moon Day because we celebrate the anniversary of man's landing on the moon. There's a big question today. Do people who live here in this country believe that eventually humans will live on the moon? Hmm. The answer is yes. So we'll talk about that. Uh, an iconic American retailer is ready to make a big nationwide comeback. And this is great news for me. I'm excited about this. Uh, there's a big documentary coming out on Shania Twain. We'll tell you what we know about that. All of that coming up this morning. Uh, today on July the 20th, National Fortune Cookie Day. I love those. Do you? I used to, Yeah, I used to love getting those and opening them and reading them. Did you like the cookie, though? Uh, I mean, maybe I'd eat like the first part and I'd be like, uh. Yeah. Some, some of them are sugary than others, more sugary than others. Yeah, but still. Like, I don't ever say, you know what I'm craving? I'm fra- craving a fortune cookie today. Yeah, true. <laughs> so uh, now we could crave this, hot dogs. Today is also National Hot Dog Day. Hmm. So maybe you'll think about uh, what you put on your hot dog, and it's National Lollipop Day. All things you can celebrate as you get up and get going with us. And, of course, on Wednesdays, we do the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So we mentioned just a few minutes ago that uh, today is the anniversary of man landing on the moon. It happened on in 1969 mm-hmm. at 9.56 p.m. Central Time. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin uh, were the first men to step off of the rocket ship and walk on the moon. Did you ever have your mom tell you the story of where she was when when it happened? You know, I don't think so. I think my parents told me, I don't remember, but I just remember, you know, that was one of the biggest things in their lives was like when that happened. Yeah. It's a big deal. Of course, we've heard the audio of the landing on the moon. Uh, Neil Armstrong is the one who's going to tell us that it's one, uh, what is it? One giant leap for mankind. This is the audio from that. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. It's one small step for man. One that's pretty iconic right there. I think we've all probably heard that. Uh, it's kind of crazy. They say when Neil Armstrong was stepping down the ladder, his pulse was, uh, his heart rate was 160 beats a minute. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so Could you they, imagine what yours would have been? No, I'd have been dead. You'd have exploded. <clears throat> I'd have been done. Did you know there was another guy up there though? It was, of course, we've heard the name Neil Armstrong. We've heard about Edwin Buzz Aldrin, but there was another guy who went, but he didn't get out of the rocket ship. He still should have been named. Uh, His name was Michael Collins. Yeah. I believe he went on to be uh, the lead singer of Further Down, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. From astronaut to Further Down. I believe that is the case. I'm not Mm. exactly 100% sure on that. Yeah. Uh, They talked to a thousand Americans and they were saying, hey, do you think we will ever live on the moon or on Mars? And almost 30% of people said, yes, they think it's going to happen. I mean, from why not believe it? 
just give you something to believe in? Well, not necessarily, but it's like, I've, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of stuff we didn't believe was going to happen and, and it did. And I don't know. We might not be here to see it, but all this talk on the moon. Did you read that article about the new restaurant on the moon for NASA employees? Oh my gosh. I haven't read about it. No. What well, is it? Most of the reviews say that the food is really, really good, but there just really isn't enough atmosphere. Oh, good grief. Not already. <laughs> It's too early Good for the morning, rim shot jokes. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So just to follow up on my favorite dog, who if you have uh, if, I, if you follow, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen a picture now of Murphy Lee. What the hook gonna be? Uh oh, I don't need no Murphy hook on this beat. <laughs> he's my Cavapoo, mm-hmm. and he's my favorite. Uh, but he also had the chance. I guess now it was Monday. He ate an entire box of. Spicy Popeye's chicken, which isn't the best thing to feed your dog. So I woke up to piles and piles of of stuff, and uh, my wife was really aggravated at me. She said I didn't do a good enough job. It looked like I just tried to smear it. She said, I talked to her, and she was like, of course he he cleaned it up. All he did was smear it. Yeah, so I should (laughs) have just left it. If she's going to complain about it, I might as well just leave it in the floor. Uh, There's a little trail this morning I had to fix, too, so I guess evidently Ah. his belly's still a little bit messed up. Uh, but we were talking to you guys and asking you about the craziest things your dog has ever eaten. Mm-hmm. And golly, tons of responses. Like Lexi, who says on my Instagram story, uh, her dog ate glittery Christmas tree ornaments. Oh, goodness. Or Stephanie, who says <laughs> that her dog ate all of the dough for chicken and dumplings. Oh. Or uh, let's see here. This is uh, Mal, who says a whole chocolate pie. Or let's see here, Caitlin, who says, this is uh, my Murphy ate a whole pan of brownies and rat poison as a pup and still kicking it. I had several talk about what their dogs ate, too. Lily said a whole pan of Mexican cornbread, extra spicy. Gosh. Chris King says a whole sheet pan of uncooked bacon wrapped cream cheese stuffed whole jalapenos Mm. with toothpicks. Okay, now the toothpicks, I don't think I want to eat that, but I'll eat those jalapenos all day long. Right, but then Trevor says his dog ate through a wall to get to a bag of sugar, leaned on the other side of the wall in the garage. He said there was a perfect head hole in the wall and a nose hole in the bag of sugar. Not true. Yes. Ate through a wall? Yes. I think that beats most of mine. <laughs> no. Stan Morris says his cat, this is crazy, his cat ate a Pop-Tart. Uh, Michelle Pouncey says uh, the dog Zeus ate a two-pound bag of milk chocolate raisins. Uh, There's a dog named Sherman who ate a corn cob. Uh, Let's see here. Amanda Robb says her dog ate 25 mini tacos. Oh, my goodness. The other dog, Duke, ate two large pizzas. Man. A lot of people say rat poison. Morgan Fox Hogan says rat poison. I saw a lot of socks, too. Dogs like to eat socks. Yeah, that appears to be pretty. That's a pretty popular thing. Uh, Carrie Lifford says uh, a tray of cupcakes has spent hours to make. and <laughs> She made them look like little Easter baskets and the dog ate them. Oh, my goodness. Amy Hill says a whole crawfish. And the dog's a Yorkie. So there's all kinds of stuff. Fun stuff. If you guys want to weigh in this morning, maybe you didn't have the chance to do that. You can weigh in this morning on social media, on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com slash Brandon Baxter in the morning. Or if you're on Instagram, you can respond to uh, my Instagram story too. Same thing, which is Brandon Baxter in the morning. Brandon Baxter in the morning.
All right, good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show high five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out today to uh, UACCB in Batesville, the University of Arkansas Community College in Batesville, and also to the Arkansas Division of Higher Education because they're doing good stuff for the community uh, all across Arkansas. So UACCB applied for a grant and was given a grant in the amount of $950,000 to go toward uh, basically uh, educating people to become CDL drivers. That's great. You know, we've heard from all kinds of people that uh, there's a desperate need in this country for truck drivers. According to trucking.org, there's roughly 80,000 trucking jobs open at this very moment. And they expect that number to go even higher Mm. as, uh, as we move forward. But because of that, because we need so many people to be a part of this occupation, there's a need to train people and to educate people. So UACCB applied for this grant from the Arkansas Division of Higher Education, and they were granted the grant. Yes. So now people are going to have the chance to take those classes and receive their Class A CDL. I think it's a cool story. Yes. It's a bunch of money, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, a whole bunch of money when you think about that. 200000 bucks is going to go toward a new practice semi-truck for the students who are going to learn there. So if you're interested in a career, trying to think about what you might want to do, maybe you want to live a life on the road, uh, that's going to be happening at UACCB in Batesville. So here's to you, Arkansas Division of Higher Education and the University of Arkansas Community College in Batesville. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It's July the 20th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. We have Country Music News today on Luke Combs. Let's get some candles burning and some records turning. So if you're a fan of Luke Combs, let me give you a heads up. You're going to want to make sure you have Apple Music. Because Luke Combs gets to return to his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. And he's going to do a special show at a place called Coyote Joe's. And this show is going to be recorded for the Apple Music Live series. And that's going to premiere coming up next month around the 24th of August. So if you're a fan of Luke Combs, imagine him in the hometown setting Mm -hmm. in Coyote Joe's. I mean, it's going to be a cool thing. He's going to perform his hits. Uh, This venue means a lot to Luke Combs because this is where he shot the video for the song Hurricane. And you rode in with your hair in the wind, baby, without Which, if you remember, that's super early Luke Combs before we knew how big of a star he was going to be. So that venue means something. It's his hometown, and it's going to be a, an Apple Music live stream. Again, if you love Luke Combs, make sure you have Apple Music by August 24th. We have country music news today on Shania Twain. Who's been, have your boots been So Shania Twain's making headlines as her Vegas residency makes its big return next month on the 26th. And her show is reported to be one of the most popular shows in Vegas. Always sold out. But according to Netflix, a new documentary all about the life and career of Shania Twain is close. It's called Shania Twain, Not Just a Girl. And Netflix sent sent out a tweet saying, quote, from Nashville newcomer to international icon, singer Shania Twain transcends genres across borders amid triumphs and setbacks in this documentary. 
documentary. Wow. So that's going to be good if you think about all that stuff she went through with uh, her ex-husband and all that kind of stuff. I think it's going to cover all of that. So it's Shania Twain, not just a girl. It's, uh, again, she was called the queen of country pop. She was the one that, I mean, she shook country up in the 90s. No, I was thinking about like what country females, you know, were kind of like before Shania. Mm -hmm. And now Shania has kind of been the trendsetter for so many people of today. But like you think about Loretta Lynn and Mm -hmm. Crystal Gale and, you know, Dolly Parton was the wild one at that point. Right. And then here comes Shania with the belly button showing and all that stuff. And, you know, she was a younger version Mm -hmm. and people kind of lost their mind for some of these Shania hits. So you're Brad Pitt. That don't impress me much. There's a belly button, right? Yeah. Hey, now. Shania Twain headed to Netflix. It's going to be cool. And we have country music news today on Sam Hunt. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, I'll never be 23 with anyone but you. Sam Hunt's just given us the brand new video for his next radio single. The song is called Water Under the Bridge. Uh, And if you've ever been to a lake or a river and you've been out there with your buddies and a crew of people, you're going to relate to this (laughs) because they're driving out there to the river. They're under the bridge. You know, they got their getting ready to you know, have a good time and stuff like that, that after they're done on the river, they get out there by all the campers. And I mean, it screams Arkansas mm-hmm. summers. Uh, the song is called Water Under the Bridge. It's the latest from Sam Hunts. Yeah, you know, we used to load up on Natty, unlit and smokes, hide from the sheriff and let down our folks park from old city's jukebox up here on the bank. Cranks till the thing won't crank. That muddy river, it was rolling. Sam Hunt, Water Under the Bridge. I just posted that to the blog if you want to check it out today. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show. Did you know the first person to show their belly button on TV was Cher in 1975? Really? Yeah. See, okay. I was thinking it was going to be Barbara Eden from I Dream of Jeannie, but maybe she didn't show her belly button. Yeah. I think maybe they showed her stomach, but not the belly button, because the belly button was the secret spot. It's scandalous. It is very scandalous. Yes. Did you know bats eat enough insects to save the U.S. over $1 billion a year in crop damage and pesticide? Really? Yeah, so thank goodness for bats. All right, thanks, bats. And did you know giraffes and humans have the same number of vertebrae in their necks? Seven. The only difference is that each vertebra in a giraffe is about 10 inches long. Dang! That's big. (laughs) I know. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. The most exciting headline I've seen over the last 24 hours is the one that said Toys R Us is about to make a nationwide comeback. (laughs) 
I saw that too, and I thought about you. I was like, oh, his store. So freaking excited. So uh, the story is, I guess, the company that owns Macy's has decided to uh, buy the name, the rights to Toys R Us, and they are opening up Toys R Us stores uh, for the holiday season of 2022, but they're going to be inside Macy's stores to start with. Okay. Uh, So the flagship locations that we know of so far... Atlanta, Chicago, Honolulu, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New York City, San Francisco, San Jose. But they're going to pop up in other Macy's around the country as well. But those are going to be the ones where they have even more square footage of toys in these stores. Uh, Which to me is just great news because as a kid, there was no better place on earth. Like, forget Disney. Toys R Us to me was the greatest place on earth. I even, it was such, we feel like that. I even remember the commercial. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million. I can play with. Yes. So I remember that. What's the name of the giraffe? Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey the giraffe. And I remember being young and my grandparents lived in North Little Rock and we would go to a a Toys R Us over there across from McCain Mall. Um, There was a service merchandise over there. Do you remember those stores? Mm -hmm. And I went, we would go into Toys R Us and my grandmother would be like, you get to make one purchase. And if you go to a Toys R Us, there's so, I mean, it's a three hour ordeal. That's huge. I mean, one thing, you can only pick one thing. Right. So you walk the entire store and you go back and back and back. Oh, I think I want the car. Oh, maybe I want the WWF action figure. And it is absolutely, it was the greatest. uh, We loved it. It was, yeah. That was my favorite too. Mm -hmm. Like I still remember the the joy of when when Nana Doris would say, hey, we're going to take you to Toys R Us. And it was like, it was like they said we were going on vacation to Disney. Because you would walk in there and it's aisles and aisles of toys. So if you're if you've never had the chance to experience a Toys R Us, I know a lot of you probably have. But if you never did, imagine you walk into a store the size of like, you know, a, a Walmart neighborhood market, but it's all toys. Well, and a lot of them were these huge warehouses. We're talking about warehouses of toys, and they also had bikes and then mm-hmm. games and computer stuff and video games and then just normal toys. No, and army figures, and I remember there were Caillou dolls. We would take Kai to all of them because I loved it so much. I wanted my son to be able to enjoy yeah. that experience. Mm-hmm. So we went to the ones in Dallas, Plano, and Allen, Texas, Nashville, Memphis, Little Rock. Every city we would go to, if there was a Toys R Us, we would go there. I would love going to the wrestling stuff. Kai would love going, you know, typically to dinosaurs or toys, the toys, um, what was it? Um, Toy Story, that oh, yeah. type of section, mm-hmm. all those different things like that. But it's cool that uh, Toys R Us is going to make the comeback. And because of this, Macy says their toy sales uh, in the first fiscal part of 2022 are 15 times higher than they were last year because of this partnership. So well, maybe this renewed interest in the brand Toys R Us will allow us to go back and have these brick and mortar stores pop back up. Do you think that they'll bring back Jeffrey or will they rethink the mascot? Oh, surely it's the iconic Jeffrey, right? You would think. I mean, it would have to be. I can still remember going in when Nintendo first came out, right? Because Nana Doris would take me and my brother and my sister to the one in Plano, Texas. And we would walk in and like they had the bike section like you mentioned. But the video game section was like behind a cage. Do you remember oh, that? Or was that like that in, in Little Rock? Because like it was, it was all the video games were inside this cage area and somebody was working inside the cage. So imagine somebody who works like at a gas station on the outside, you know, like the, yeah. the exterior uh, service area. But that was all full of video games on the inside. So nobody could steal the video games. Mm. 
Yeah. It was so exciting. But Toys R Us making a comeback uh, in select areas around the country and hopefully all across the country at some point soon. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So if it seems like your kid has hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in Pokemon cards, you may want to get them a solid anti-theft system. Get this. So a man in South Carolina named Christopher, he's this huge Pokemon collector. And you know he's serious because he's 62 years old and he even keeps his cards in a temperature-controlled room. What? Well, recently Christopher called the police and said that part of his collection was stolen. The police report says that the cards were valued at half a billion dollars. But Christopher says the cops made a mistake and it was more like 500,000. Well, among other things, he's missing three unopened boxes of first edition cards. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it happened sometime in the past year. And Christopher says the only outside people who were in that room within the past nine months were workers with an HVAC company. So police are investigating. What a disaster. That's a true story. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, speaking of card games, what playing cards are the best dancers? Oh, goodness. What playing cards are the best dancers? The king and queen of clubs. <laughs> oh, that's going to make it better. <laughs> and there's even more. Sound proof. effects aren't going to save that one. <laughs> that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Ah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. For us. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. It's Wednesday, July the 20th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Jason Willett. Of Jonesboro, who celebrates his birthday today. Happy birthday and love from Lawanda and James. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to John Harbin of Forest City. Blakely Counts of Jonesboro. Kai McLean of Jonesboro celebrates today. Sherry Broadway of Jonesboro. James Castleberry is celebrating today. Christy Myers in Fort Smith. Ashley Addison of Paragould. Pete Prater. Of Jonesboro and Brandy Knott of Paragould celebrates today as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday today to Julianne Huff, who is 34, of course, Dancing with the Stars Pro. And she starred in the remake of Footloose, Rock of Ages, and Grease. I'm a fan of Julianne Huff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of liked her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Julianne. Happy birthday today to Giselle Bunchton, who's 42. Did I say that correctly, Brandon? Because I know did. that you have uh, perfected her name. No, she's the world's richest supermodel. And she's Mrs. Tom Brady. Yeah. Can you imagine the amount of money they have? Or pressure. I mean, oh my gosh. When you have that much money, is there pressure? <laughs> Maybe not anymore. Golly. Happy birthday today to Sandra Oh, who is 51. That's Doc- Dr. Christina Yang on Grey's Anatomy. Josh Holloway is 53. That's Sawyer on Lost. Happy birthday to Terry Irwin, who is 58. That's Steve the Crocodile Hunter's widow. Happy birthday to Donna Dixon, who is 65. That was Garth's dream woman in Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. And she's 65. 65 wow. today. Happy birthday today to Carlos Santana, who is 75. Ah, uh, see if you remember this one with Rob Thomas. Oh, oh, yeah. Just so smooth. 
I played that song oh, in the old days on the other station. Wow. And, and happy birthday today to Stone Gossard, who is 56 from Pearl Jam. That's a good one from Pearl Jam. This is good. Kelly's had to learn Pearl Jam because of me. <laughs> Shout out to our friend Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy spoke in class today. What about this? Happy birthday goes out to my good friend Stone Gossard mm-hmm. of Pearl Jam. <laughs> he turns uh, 56 today. Happy birthday, Stone. Hope you have a good one. Brandon Baxter in the morning. A lot of times I go home and I take a little afternoon nap, a little siesta. Mm-hmm. Forever. Uh, but anyway, I was, uh, is that Lionel Richie? Something like that. Fiesta. Forever. It's not siesta, is it? So anyway, um, I go home to take my nap. And for whatever reason, I sleep better in the middle of the day when everybody else is awake. I don't know why I get better rest like that. Uh, but sometimes I dream. I have these vivid dreams. And I'm like, golly, that's a good dream. I don't want to wake up. Sometimes I'm having good ones. Yeah. You know, like um, main eventing WrestleMania. Something oh, like that. Yeah. You know, on stage, singing, performing, things like that. Sometimes I have those dreams where I wake up and my heart's racing and I'm scared. And I had one of those dreams just yesterday when I woke up. I told my wife about it. So I, I wake up from my dream and my heart's going bam, 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 bam. You know when you wake up, you feel like you've been living it? Like yeah. you've been in it? Yeah. So in my dream, it was cool because I was going to the beach. And I can't remember exactly who all was there with me, but it was like friends and family and we're there at the beach, and we're all getting out in the water. And I've told you before, I'm a little nervous about big bodies of water. Yes. I've always been kind of scared of that. But I was out there on the raft or a tube or something, and all of a sudden, I remember the waves came in. They got real big, and they were pushing me under. And I was afraid the current was going to take me and drag me under. I was fighting the current. And as every brave man, kind of like Aquaman does, I was ripped. And all of a sudden, I was fighting the current, and I came back out on top of it. You know, hero would. And I looked around as I came out from under the water and I realized that nobody that I knew was there anymore. And I was dragged away, miles and miles away. And I couldn't figure out where I was, so I got out of the water and I fought my way out. And there I am on the beach and I'm trying to look around, trying to find my people to get back to my people. They're not there. And then I remember going through a hotel. And all of a sudden I was going through the hotel and I couldn't find anybody and I was running and I was trying to get to people and I was going to my phone trying to be able to text people like my son and my wife and tell them where I was. And because my fingers were wet, I couldn't touch the buttons on my iPhone. This isn't going well. So I started to freak out and then boom, all of a sudden I'm awake 
and my heart's pounding and my my heart's racing and I'm scared of the entire situation. And I'm trying to sit here and and diagnose myself like, is that normal to have dreams Hmm. like that? Like you're drowning and then you can't find your family and then you can't dial your phone and you don't know if your people are ever going to see you again. Is that normal or is there something wrong with me? Um, I think you should talk to someone. Who should I talk to? Families Inc. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here thinking I want my dreams to be all full of, you know, lollipops yeah. and roses and stuff like that and for everything to be all happy. That's what I want my dreams to be. Or full of girls. Okay. And instead, my dreams sound more like this. Never mind that word. It's just the beast under your bed. It's just my dream. What are you watching before your nap? Game Show Network. (laughs) Wow. Why can't my dreams be happy? Why can't they be full of girls? was on a beach. Where's the bikinis? Okay. I'm drowning. So, I guess I need to thank family. <laughs> Brandon Baxter in the morning. So our friends at KIT and Region A News, they have a story up that I was like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, people in Cherokee Village are petitioning the city. Uh, they've earned close to 1,000 signatures so far because... They want chickens to be allowed to live inside the city limits. Okay. I wonder, does it say how many people actually live in Cherokee Village? Just curious. Look it up. Look it up. I don't know. That's kind of. Population Cherokee Village, Arkansas. Okay. So I love Cherokee. Yeah. Like every time I've been there, I've I've told my wife, I want to retire to here. Yeah. There's that little spot that has the mini tacos. I think it's called, uh, is it Carol's Lakeview Diner? Yeah. On the way up the mountain. Oh, my gosh. And they have that peanut butter pie that's amazing. Mm-hmm. What if they're still there? Let me look that up. Too. So hey, could you just look stuff up for me? Their population, Cherokee Village, 4,883. That's as of 2020. Okay, so almost a fourth of the people who live there. Yeah. Look up Carol's Lakeview Diner. Make sure that's the name of the place or I'm not okay. mentioning something that's not right. Uh, that's in Cherokee on the way up the mountain. But like Leslie's grandparents lived up there at the top of the mountain. So we would stop at that little spot and get lunch. Uh, and I'd always get the peanut butter pie. Yeah, it's still open. Carol's Lakeview Restaurant. Yes. Yes. That's I'm it. telling you, their peanut butter pie. Shout out mm. to them. And I would like for somebody to bring me one. That sounds good. A road so, trip. Lauren Gray, her family, uh, yeah. brought me one of those pies one day and dropped them off here to David the Barrel Boy at the radio station. And I told him he okay. couldn't even have one piece of it. So That's mean. That's how I am. Yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway, Cherokee Village wants it to where chickens can live inside the city limits. Uh, I guess at this point, is that are we allowed to do that in Northeast Arkansas, like in Jonesboro? Can we have chickens? I don't think so. Or if we do, there's some type of I'm sure there's some type of uh, measurements and stuff you have to keep them in or I don't know. So people up there in this petition are asking the mayor, Russ Stokes, uh, and the city council to change the ordinance to allow five hens and no roosters in the city limits. Can you imagine if your neighbor got a rooster who's going to crow at the, the crack of dawn? Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> my dogs would go nuts you for You have that. a new alarm clock. But we'll see what's up in Cherokee Village. And maybe if the chickens get there and I can give me some peanut butter pie, I'll go spend some time on the lake up there in Cherokee. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man who calls himself Dr. <laughs> Feelgood. He's the one who calls Dr. Feelgood. He's 
He's the one that makes you feel alright. He's the one they call. He's gonna be your Frankenstein. Dr. Shane's Boys! Dr. Shane's Boys! Dr. Shane's Boys! He is the Dean. <laughs> he is the Dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He is Dr. Shane Spites. Hey, man, what's happening this morning? Uh, you know, the more I hear that song that, that you guys serenade me with on Wednesdays, the more I'm like, you know, I'm not a glamorous man. I'm not. <laughs> you don't I'm, think? I'm not a glamorous man. No, no, I'm not. So I, I feel actually that song is even more fitting than I realized the more I hear it. <laughs> hey, I want to talk about like... You know, we take uh, we take it for granted that we get to talk to you every week, and like we know you're a buddy and you're smart, and we can turn to you for medical advice, and I can text you at all times, day and night. But man, when you get recognized for stuff, when people talk about how great you do, it just makes me proud for you. He's like, what are I mean, you talking about? Going, no, no, I mean, like we've seen you get elected, uh, you know, as executives and chair elects on boards, and your oh, name yeah. this and that. Like, you know, it's really it's cool to see somebody who has poured so much of his life into his career and education, uh, and and you continually educate yourself. It's cool to see you get uh, the attention that you deserve at this point. I, I appreciate that. I, you need to know, and this is true for 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 everybody. I mean, nobody. No one is successful on their own. And so there's a whole group of people. There's a, at NYT, we've got a whole great team of leaders uh, that push every day, to be honest with you, that make me look good. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> even back, I mean, it, in my own family, I've got a, a great wife and, and, and loving kids that, that tolerate <laughs> me right. on multiple levels, which is a whole nother conversation, but, um, you know, in travels and things like that. So there's a, uh, it's really not just, I appreciate that. I really do. But you know, this is not just one person there. There's a whole host of people behind that person that, that, uh, that's helping push them every day. I think that's what makes you so likable though, is we can talk to you and you, you'll say something like that and you, you know, you defer the glory to other people and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is like, you've spent so much of your life dedicated to education, <clears throat> not only of yourself and then helping people in hospitals and clinics as a doctor, uh, as an ER doctor, but then, then going in and training and preparing the future doctors of Arkansas. That's pretty incredible. When you really take a look back, I think you'll turn out and be you know, 85, 90. You might live to be 150. <clears throat> but you'll look back on your life like, dang, did I really do all that? So I, I was really lucky. I, I was really blessed. And I, and I hope and I wish this for everybody is that I really like what I do. Like, yeah. uh, for some reason, I, I found that niche in medicine. And I just um, and this was early on when I first worked uh, for UAMS and, and taught residents. Um, man, I loved that. I loved learning medicine. I loved being able to to explain it, you know, to patients and to be able to teach, you know, uh, residents and medical students. Um, I just really like doing that. So I'm just my my mom was a teacher growing up. Obviously, you know, my wife uh, works in the school system. She's an elementary school counselor and a teacher, and so kind of come from some teacher background. And so uh, it was just easy to gravitate to that. So I'm I'm real lucky in that sense that, that I'm able to do things something that I really love. How was it for you? And this is completely random, and we'll get to the doc talk and the actual health part in a second. But I'm kind of curious to ask you this about you know your personal, um, I guess, when you started off, uh, and you decided you wanted to be a doctor. We hear that's a long deal. It's a long, a lot of schooling that can be very expensive. <laughs> How did that go? Was that were you did you did you walk into it? Did you get lucky? Was it tons of student loans? How'd that go? Oh, it's completely haphazard. And so I want anybody that's listening, first of all. 
don't think for a minute, uh, and spe- especially uh, if, if you've got teenagers or young 20s that are listening right now, don't think for a minute you've got to have your life planned out when you graduate high school or even when you graduate college because yes. it just doesn't always work like that. Now, some people, it's great. You know, hey, in junior high, I know I'm going to be a doctor, and we've got lots of students like that, and I think that's phenomenal. I was not one of those kids. I was so that's not good to all. know. I was, you know, I ended up, I graduated with a business degree because I was like, well, I'm not quite sure what else I want to do. And so, um, and I may have mentioned this before. I really kind of got tired of college uh, for a while, and I was like, you know, how do I get out of this thing as quick as I can? <laughs> and I had these PE credits that I had to get, and I was like, I didn't want to take ping pong or <laughs> golf, and so I took this, I took this EMT class, and that wiped out all my PE credits. <laughs> well, that was really my first entry into medicine was this EMT class, oh, and I wow. loved it. I was like, this is really cool. So then I took the paramedic class after that, and when I graduated from college, it was purely a financial decision <laughs> because uh, at that time, if you if you had to graduate with a business degree. The entry level positions were about twenty five thousand a year, right. so that that was entry level middle management position. But as a paramedic, I could make about fifty thousand a year. Right. So I was like, well, you know, that's a no brainer. And so I went to work as a paramedic, and again, just really enjoyed the patient interactions, enjoyed learning about medicine, and being able to, you know, to, to teach it. I was an instructor for several different courses, and so and that just kind of put me on my path. And luckily, I had a great wife who was willing to to go with me and, and, and uh, on this long journey. So I actually came to A-State, Arkansas State University, and I did uh, my pre-med requirements here. And so I graduated from Henderson State University with a, with a business degree, but I came to A-State and did two years year-round of all my pre-med requirements to get into medical school. Wow. And then we got into medical school in Kansas City and really just kind of went from there. Um, so it, it, it really, there was, no, there was no plan at all in my life. Like I said, I wasn't one of those kids sitting around you know, um, you know, in junior high or high school saying, I know I'm going to be a doctor one day. I think it's great for those that do, but that was not me. And I want people to know you don't have to have that stuff planned out. So you've worked as a paramedic. You've worked as obviously um, just, a, you know, a doctor in the clinic setting, in the doctor's office setting, but also in the ER, now the dean of a, a college of osteopathic medicine. I mean, when you really look at that trajectory, it's pretty cool. And so I was reading the story where Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine, was named the chair-elect of the American Association of Colleges of, Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine wow. on the executive board. Uh, it's tough for me to say that, but that's a big deal. Yeah, it's. Um, it, it, I'll be honest with you, this is going to sound strange, too. It was just one of those things that, I mean, like, I was involved. In, and what this is, is, this is the group that of all of, so this, obviously, we have an osteopathic medical school. That's what NYIT is. Right. And there's about 60, um, 60 to 62 osteopathic medical schools across the country. And uh, ACOM, which is the short, short um, name for what you just said, um, that's the group that kind of speaks for and oversees and helps coordinate all those medical schools across the country. Right. And so I was, um, I'm on their executive board and then was just moved up to the chair elect position. Uh, so I hold that for two years and I move into the chair position. And so it's neat. Those are really neat conversations. And what I like about that is we're talking about, I had a meeting just yesterday uh, with them. We're talking about healthcare at a national level, right. and we're talking about medical education at a national level. So, you know, not just what we're doing here in Jonesboro and Northeast Arkansas, but across the country. What are other medical schools doing? You know, how do we innovate? How do we address patient needs across the country? Yep. How do we make sure that physicians that graduate have all the tools they need so they can practice in, you know, Wynn or Manila or Jonesboro or Kansas City or wherever it may be? 
It's so cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we get Shane on the phone before, you know, and we wanted to congratulate him on that, but we'd love to talk to you about like the, the health stuff that kind of affects all of us. Uh, nobody wants to talk about COVID. People are sick and tired of hearing the word COVID. I told my wife, hey, Shane was talking about COVID. She said, yeah. oh, my gosh, I don't want to hear any more about it. I never want to have to wear a mask yeah. again. If, if they tell me to wear a mask, I just won't leave the house. Um, yeah. Are we still seeing the – we'll just do this real brief because I know people are, are – they don't want to hear it, but it is happening. Um, what's it look like? It is. So here, here's the deal. There's two pieces on this you need to know. Number one, a lot of people have COVID now. A lot of people are getting sick. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is we don't have any of them going to the hospital. Good. And so this is – yes, it may be causing days of work lost. So you may be homesick for a couple of days. You may be out for a couple of days. Yes, that can affect workforce and things like that. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, we're not seeing hospitalizations. And here in the state of Arkansas, we're not seeing many ICU admissions either. Those that are at highest risk are those age really 65 and older. And so really the elderly are the ones that are the highest risk of being hospitalized or being in the ICU for that. So are you going to hear about some deaths from COVID? Absolutely you are. I expect that number to go up in the fall and the winter. But right now it's being passed around almost like a, you know, and that's a little, for the people that I've, patients that I've seen and people that I hear their habit, it's more than getting the flu. So this is a harder, and it has been that way from the beginning, this is a harder virus than the flu. You're not going to feel good. You're going to have muscle aches, you may have fever, uh, head congestion, all of that going to last for a couple of days you'll probably be on the mend by about day three or four mm-hmm. you can certainly still it's highly contagious so you can infect everybody around you um the worrisome thing about this is not that it's really not uh, because you know everybody's like well i can live with that and, and the truth is you can yeah certainly if you're younger there's some new data and i always hate saying this um <laughs> that's saying that the more times you get infected with covid that may affect your long-term health outcomes so you may be at a higher risk. If you get infected by COVID like five times or something like that, you may have a higher risk of heart or lung issues down the road. So they're starting to just get a mm-hmm. glimpse of that. Now, this is way early to even know that. So don't don't anybody take that to the bank, so to speak. But, I mean, several years down the road as we continue to collect this data, that's just a glimpse of data that we're getting. So that's the COVID news that's going on. We had somebody who was yeah, out yeah. last week, and then I just got it, like literally within the last 20 minutes, I got a text from another coworker who thinks they might have it. So, uh, yeah, anyway, and we have a small work. workforce, you know, so it's going to be one of those deals. If we get it here, you know, it's uh, there aren't a whole lot of people who work here. So uh, hit me with one more thing. What else you got? Well, I got several. Okay. You want to pick or you mean just pick something for you? No, you, you hit me with whatever you think is most relevant today on July the 20th. To Brandon. To, no, not just to me. Mosquitoes. Wait, how does that mosquitoes, how does that relate to you? So mosquitoes can smell you, Brandon. Do you know that? They can. Is it the it, is it beer? <laughs> so it's, well, hang That's on. why you have so well, many bites. Since you brought up beer, there actually is a new study that more than four drinks a week can increase the risk of cognitive decline and dementia. Nice so just kind of just FYI on that. We can come back to that later. No, four drinks or he does, more weeks. He does not want to come back to that Re- one. Shane, that's the re- worst. Re- story. Rethink that. Okay, worst so story I've ever heard. Actually, <laughs> there's a study that looked at mosquitoes and being able to actually smell you. So, have you ever noticed, like, when you're you're outside and somebody's getting swarmed with mosquitoes, but somebody else is not? Yeah. They have that sweet. Okay, blood. one of the reasons behind that is because of the of the the um, the chemicals that we each as humans kind of give off, and so we each all give off kind of a different scent or a different smell. And mosquitoes actually are attracted to certain scents. Why that's important is because there are actually certain perfumes that have this specific um, 
a compound in it. Oh. Uh, the, the compound itself, it's not a big deal. It's called acetophenone. But anyway, it's actually used in some perfumes. It's kind of got a mild almond smell, but uh, for perfumes or uh, colognes that um, create some sort of like a, a cherry or a honeysuckle kind of smell, yep. that actually can attract mosquitoes. Oh, wow. Some, but some people give this off, give this smell off naturally. And interestingly enough, it's based on your immune system. So in terms of different viruses you've been in contact with, that can change the scent that you give off. Ooh, and wow. so it, it's, it's really fascinating data. Now, and there's, you know, there's not any like current implications in terms of, hey, we're going to create this new bug spray. But it's just interesting as we understand more and more about why mosquitoes, you know, go after somebody and then somebody sitting next to them is not getting bit at all. Because yeah. I, I was always at those places where, why are they buzzing me? But the person next to me is <laughs> barely getting bit. Yeah, and you think it's because you smell bad or something, or the person exactly. next to you smells bad. Hey, are they yeah. dangerous? You know, we hear a lot of talk when we talk to Kevin Reed from VetCare. We, he talks a lot about, you know, how you have mosquitoes and fleas and ticks can, can transmit things, diseases to oh, other yeah. animals. Oh, can, yeah. can they transmit diseases to humans? Can mosquitoes give yeah, us oh, absolutely. diseases? Oh, as a matter of fact, they're one of the worldwide, it's one of the biggest vectors in terms of transmission of disease, specifically malaria. Wow. Now, here in the U.S., and, and, and dengue fever. But here in the U.S., the bigger thing is Zika, the Zika virus. And that's actually in our region here, the Mississippi Delta region. Um, and that can that can cause some significant issues. I've had those patients in the hospital before. Um, and those can be long recoveries. And they can have um, spinal issues, spinal cord issues, wow. and issues walking and uh, returning. So, I mean, it can be a big deal if you're you're older and your immune system is not strong enough. So, yeah, absolutely. Mosquito, uh, mosquito-borne illnesses are a real deal. Um, for sure. Well, it's crazy because like it, it could be eight ten, and there's no mosquitoes, and by eight twelve, you're getting swarmed. Yep, yep. It's crazy, and, the, and the, it's the it's the female mosquitoes that bite, not the male mosquitoes. Yeah, they're always the ones causing the trouble, aren't they? Okay, I wouldn't I wouldn't go in there. I wouldn't. I'm just going <laughs> out right. there as a medical mm-hmm. fact. I wouldn't go any further. But <laughs> we'll leave that to you. Hey, man, we're proud of you, and we just appreciate the time that you give us. And you know, we talk about a lot of stuff that that really relates to people, and we appreciate that. No, I thank you guys. I appreciate you giving me a call on Wednesday mornings and letting me kind of talk to your population here and all of your public. You're you're kind of a popular guy, Brandon. You know uh, that. You can uh, kind please. of like I've got people saying, "Hey, I listen to you on Brandon and Kelly." It's like, wow, I didn't realize you had that many people listen to. I mean, please, you're pretty popular. Please don't encourage me, please, <laughs> Shane. I will send you. You're kind of a big deal. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to send you a gift card. Would five, bu- <laughs> would five bucks work? Five bucks. <laughs> five bucks. The Toys R Us, is that right? The Toys Ooh, R Us? come on now. Are you excited about that, Toys R Us? Uh, yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. I heard you say that. Um, when I was in New York last, um, I, I would drive by the, when I was getting to campus. There was, there, was, there was old Toys R Us that was, you know, was always closed. And the last time I was there, it said, coming soon. And I was like, okay, that's got to be a mistake. Yeah. And then when you, when you talked about it today on the radio, I was like, well, I guess not. Such a cool thing. Toys R Us coming back to a lot of Macy's stores around the country and maybe eventually we'll get to see them uh, back in the brick and mortar stores but he is the guy who is a real doctor i'm the guy who likes to play doctor he is dr okay, feelgood himself <laughs> dr <weird>. shane spites <laughs> <laughs> the dean of the nyit college of osteopathic medicine have a great week man you too guys y'all take care be safe <laughs> what take that back what i don't want to take it back that's embarrassing what I like playing doctor. Okay, you don't want to say it again. I don't?
I was trying to confirm it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Michael Wewers from the FOA, Foundation of Arts in Jonesboro. Michael, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Just wonderful. Uh, it's nice and it's kind of cool this morning, so I'll take it before the heat comes. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, later on today, it's going to be like, what, 110, 115 heat index, so... Right. Yeah, we're going to knock it out early today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, did I see something about Annie with the FOA? Yeah, Annie Jr., that's coming up in, uh, let's see, that'll be October. Any chance yeah. I could play Daddy Warbucks? I think so. Oh, yeah, you'd be a good Daddy Warbucks. Let's let's get you in there. Michael. See, the auditions will be a couple months before that, so just watch out for them, get you get you in there. And Come Daddy on. Warbucks was always kind of like this grumpy old man, oh, so you don't thanks. even have to play. He doesn't even okay. have to play anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's moving right into that permanent <laughs> role, right? Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think I look like Daddy Warbucks, so I could, I yeah. could pull that off. You do. Yeah, no, you no. could. Yeah, you could definitely. We, we got to get you in that. What character do you think you could be? Like, if you were just going to walk up on stage, which one would you resemble, Michael? Any idea? Uh, well, if I wore a wig, I think I could play Jesus, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what about you? Uh, you ever get told you look like anybody? Um, no. No, you're lying. No, I don't. I'm just. I'm just. Tell me. You have something that no, you're going to say. No, I don't. What? I guess if yeah, I got I on, hear it. I, would I, just, hear it. I would probably just play an orphan. No, it's not true. Yeah, yeah. She just hang on. She's writing me a note, Michael. Let me see what she says. That is, mm-hmm. dear Brandon. No, she says, dear Brandon and Michael. Why would I say dear? I look like Margot Robbie. You are, oh, yay. yeah, yes, that's who I think I look like, Brandon. You are an idiot. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, well, y'all both pretty. Oh, Very well, pretty. thank uh, you. Hey, let's talk about things happening with FOA. Uh, I saw that this weekend, Susical Kids, what's that? Yeah, so Susical Kids, that's everything, uh, Dr. Seuss. Uh, this is part of our Young Actors Theater, and they are uh, kids from age 7 to 13, and they've been working on this for uh, about a little over two weeks now. And this show happens this Friday, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday is to pay what you can. Um, now, it's part of our YAT program, our Young Artist Theater. Mm-hmm. And what is YAT? It's a, it's a fun, artistic experience for, for the kids. Uh, it's like a summer camp, intensive for, uh, intensive for children and teens. Um, you know, then they get to do a main stage production. It's got workshop classes along with uh, stage rehearsals. They get to work with, uh, uh, they get to do some tap, yoga, physical stage comedy. Uh, oh. They get to show makeup, you know, get to do the makeup improv, and so much more. Uh, we, and as you know, here at the FOA, we believe in creating a well rounded performers, and, you know, we're so excited to offer this like one of a kind opportunity. Now, you think about, you know, we mentioned Margot Robbie, or you mentioned, you know, these, any of these big celebrities that we see on screen, right? And you're like, you know what? They all started somewhere, and they were probably in organizations like FOA, where a young person kind of uh, was introduced to this and all of a sudden got on stage or figured out what their performance thing was, and boom, they come alive, and all of a sudden they have this confidence, and they're going out and tackling Hollywood and stuff like that. It all has to start somewhere, and that's what you're doing when you start with these young kids. Yeah, so you're, you're so you're spot on with that. Uh, you know, to build, it's kind of you know where you are the foundation of arts, and you know, and that's what we do. We're we're, we're trying to make uh, get give you that foundation to start with, get you a good firm foundation, and and all the way around from like I say, from uh, being able to 
do vocals, to, to sing, to, to act, to, to be able to improv, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and to dance. Just a, just a well-rounded foundation that we offer here at the FOA. Well, there's a lot of people who go in there and they don't have the idea that they want to be on stage, but they'd love to work behind the scenes. Maybe they want to be a director or a producer or, or they want to be the stage manager. Uh, you guys teach people how to do that, too. That's right. We actually have a, a director's class where you can come if you want to. If you want to get in here and, and maybe direct a show, we got a class to help you uh, get you launched off into that. And also, if you want to be assistant director, or if you just want to uh, maybe work on some props and, and be uh, you know be behind the scenes, uh, we can get you involved in anything that you really want to do. If you're interested, we got a spot for you. Hey, walk me through this. My son is 12. He's never been in a theater class. Never been on stage like that. He, well, he actually. He co-hosted the prom fashion show with me one year, but he was about four and didn't really know what was going on. Uh, you know, but for somebody like that who's never had that experience, uh, what's the introduction like? Because, I mean, maybe this could be something that, that Kai would love. Obviously, his dad's a little bit of a performer, uh, so maybe it runs in the yeah. blood. But, you know, if I say, hey, we're going to sign you up for an entire, you know, it's going to be, you know, six months or a year of classes, that might be intimidating for somebody who doesn't know. But I guess when you think about, yeah, at the Young Artist Theater, this is something where they can kind of get in and figure it out. And if it's something they love, they can go longer with it, right? That's right. That's for sure. And, you know, and then we also offer, like, if you want to come and sit in on a class, you know, you can come and visit a class to kind of see what things are like. Uh, you know, I recommend if you see a title that you think that would relate well with your, your kids or whoever it is, uh, you know, come and watch that production and kind of get a glimpse of it and start that fire there. Uh, like like we've got, uh, with uh, Suits School, we've got 40 children, and they're singing. They're dancing. Uh, they got cool costumes, uh, you know, and they're learning about musical theater uh, through dance, acting, and singing. So, you know, pretty well, cool. And they're meeting other kids who might not go to their school. You know what I'm saying? Like they're meeting people from all around the area, which I think is neat. Uh, well, I, yeah, and, and when, when you say that, you know, they're meeting kids with a common, you know, something they have in common. You know, they, they love this part of it. And then to be able to get in them groups like that, to really find your uh, your little niche there or some people who, uh, who who have the same fire about things that you do is always nice. Again, Michael Wewer's on with us this morning from FOA Jonesboro. I saw a bunch of stuff coming up with uh, ballet camps, and these really range all ages from age three all the way up to 18, different stages of this. Tell me about why ballet is such an important part of FOA. Well, it's uh, you know it's been here. I think it's probably our, our longest running uh, uh, class, and uh, it's it's a time where you can get introduced into it, and uh, you can build off of it, and it goes from an early age all the way as far as you want to go with it. And then we offer big productions with that too, it, like uh, we had Swan Lake, and of course the Nutcracker, yeah. where you get to take those classes to the and do a, a big performance with it on stage. So. So that's going on. And one other thing I was looking at through your social media that I think is is a good thing to mention, I was glad you guys made this post. Uh, A lot of times we think, oh, I got to get my kids signed up at the beginning of summer or at the beginning of the school year to make sure that they can be involved in the programming with FOA. You guys are really accepting people at all times. If somebody wants to get in, you want to let them fit in. That's right. That's uh 24-7, 24-7, 365-day. Any time that you want to get in, we will get you in. Uh, you know, we're year-round, uh, you know, open registration like that. So uh, if you're interested, just call us, and uh, you can call us at 935-2726 or uh, visit our site, org and, and get registered. Hey, man, it's great to talk to you, and we'll let you buy us lunch sometime soon, okay? Oh.
Yeah, just let me know. I got y'all. Just let me know. I'll make. I'll be there early. Hey, that's the best way to do this. We'll get lunch when we tell people we're going to go eat lunch, oh, but they get to buy it. Goodness. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's all right. Hey, hey we'll we'll do a big post about it. We'll we'll use it as a marketing campaign. How about it? Hey, that's a write off, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> hey, man. Good talking to you as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yes, sir. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank y'all. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Hillary Tricky. It's tricky when we talk to Hillary, so (laughs) how are you this morning? I'm great. How are y'all? Thanks for having me on. Hey, we're good. I just posted a deal on Facebook a few minutes ago. I want to see if you have any memories of this. Uh, Did you ever get to go to Toys R Us as a kid? Yes, absolutely. Loved it. So, like, the story is, is that Macy's stores, like, Macy's, the parent company, has bought Toys R Us, the brand, and they're about to relaunch in some stores and some Macy's stores across the country. And then maybe eventually they'll go back to brick and mortar. So, like, for me, I remember going to Toys R Us and looking for my WWF action figures. What did you go looking for? Um, Barbies, always. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it was. Yeah, a core memory, so that's exciting. Where did you have to go? Did you did you have one close where you were raised or No, I would have to go to Memphis. That that was the closest one. I was raised in the boonies, so we had yeah. to go all the way to Memphis <laughs> and it was a whole trip ordeal. So yeah. Was it has it always uh, I know it's not there anymore, but out there by Wolf Chase, is that the one you would go to? Yeah, 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 absolutely. We should take Kai there. Okay, so Hillary's on with us this morning to talk about the group, which is Together We Foster, uh, previously known as the Green County Foster Parents Association. But now, you know, the, the vision is is really serving the entire community of Northeast Arkansas. So, Hillary, I was talking to you right before we got on the air, and I was like, hey, you're a board member. When did this happen? Uh, this is something kind of relatively new for you. That's right. So um, the passion for taking care of foster children has always been there. I'm a former foster parent and um, adoptive mom. We adopted our three boys there in 2020 um, out of DHS, Mm -hmm. uh, foster care system. And I have known these ladies that are on the board that have been on the board and started from the beginning. um, And I was asked to join the board about four months ago. So it's been a great journey. Hey, let's talk about being a foster parent, because obviously there's a tremendous need. And I think sometimes maybe we think it's a bigger need in bigger areas and we, we forget that there's such a need um, in our community in northeast Arkansas. Um, but as a foster parent, I would assume that, you know, you, you kind of you're opening your heart and your home and you're bringing these these young people in uh, with the idea that maybe at some point that they're not going to be there anymore. What was that like as a foster parent? Absolutely. So, you know, you go in with this intention and, and know that um, you're there for the child and, and it could be for two days, it could be for two weeks, it could be for two years. Um, but, you know, you, your heart is there for the kid and to support the kid and their family. Um, and I think a lot of people leave that out that, you know, you're there for the reunification process yeah. um, and the whole journey. And it really changes your life. These, these kids change your life. It's not the other way around. And there's definite need um, in this area, just in Region 8, for new foster families. We've got currently got about 309 foster kiddos in just region eight alone and just over a hundred foster families. So there's a definite need uh, for new foster families all the time. So uh, when a, when a child ends up in a situation where they're looking for a foster family, um, you know, and I guess how how does that process work? So they end up in a situation where they've been removed from the home. uh, They're taken away. How do they get placed with a family? 
Absolutely. So um, DHS has a, a catalog of foster families. So for us, it was a phone call mm-hmm. uh, that we received in the middle of the day. Sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, hey, do you have a bed open? Uh, are you willing to take this child? Um, and you, you know, all always have the power to say, you know, yes, I do have an open bed. Right. Um, and you don't get a whole lot of information other than maybe age. Um, and that wow. child will come in and they usually just have the clothes that are on their back. Um, and so for these kids, it can be very traumatic um, and very scary um, experience. And so we want to try to provide, our goal is to provide all of the resources, not only for the child, but the foster family and the biological family so that they have all of the tools and resources they need to succeed. Let's talk about that reunification process because I'll be honest, we've talked about you know fostering, we've talked to different people in these organizations, and I know the idea, ultimately you want to get people back together, but to me, I'm thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I guess I, I forget that's the vision sometimes. I think you're filling a temporary need, but I forget that you're really just trying to get them back to the point where they get back into a healthy home life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so you have these stories, these happy stories where people um, – children get to go back to their biological homes, which is ultimately the goal. Yeah. Um, and there are people in place to help those families to get to where they need. And yes, your goal is ultimately to help them succeed in every way possible. And that includes going back to their biological family. And so it can be very hard on you as a foster parent, but it is ultimately worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see these kids grow um, and succeed and, and learn and have everything that they need to be successful in their life is just amazing. It's kind of neat. We're, again, we're talking to Hillary Tricky about Together We Foster. Uh, but the idea that you get the phone call in the middle of the day and all of a sudden, hey, do you have some room? We have some some young people that we want to send your way. And then when you get to the point where all of a sudden, you know, things turn out where these kids are going to stay with you. What was that moment like when you figured out that this was, you know, the, the reunification wasn't going to happen, but all of a sudden these kids who you were helping are now your children? What was that like? Um, it was very exciting. It was very daunting. Um, <laughs> it was nerve wracking, yeah. I'll say, with all of the emotions. Um, and you, you know, it, it is a long process because you're talking about the lives of children, their forever lives. And um, it took, it was about a two year process. Um, total, you know, and it, it wasn't until right towards the end where we knew, hey, this is going to be more permanent. And we were approached and asked if we would like to be more permanent. Of course, we had conversations with the kids, even in young age. And so it was very exciting, but it was, it was also um, just a very surreal moment. Yeah. So with Together We Foster, again, uh, basically you're trying to help out the entire community uh, in Northeast Arkansas. Uh, what's the main vision? Like if you were to say, here's what we're working on, here's what we want to accomplish uh, by the end of 2022, what does it look like? Um, we definitely want to grow. We have grown already um, into several counties. As you mentioned before, we started off as Green County um, Foster Association, and you know the vision just grew from there. Uh, we realized quickly that there was a need not just in Greene County, but all over Northeast Arkansas not, and all over the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we are in five counties, um, and our goal is to just spread awareness and open more foster homes um, and be able to provide more resources for these families going forward. If you're looking for more information on Together We Foster, you can go to togetherwefosternea.org, or you can find them on Facebook, 
Uh, just search Together We Foster. There's a school supply drive that's going on right now that continues until the end of the month. Why is this something you guys jumped in on? That's right. So back to school can be um, a hardship for foster families. Um, some of these kiddos might be placed right before school starts back, and sometimes it can be very challenging. These kiddos oftentimes are moving to a new school district, um, and when you get a call in the middle of the day, you know, these kids come with nothing, so they don't come prepared for right. back to school. And um, a lot of our foster families have more than one kid in their household. So we want to be able to provide them with a little relief and provide them with school supplies. So we are doing that back to school drive um, and collecting school supplies through August 1st. You can make your donations at Oasis for Kids uh, on Nettleton. It's a daycare or mm-hmm. Family Inc. out on Hilltop. We are accepting donations through the first. And again, we can post more information on our Facebook and together we foster NEA.org. Boom. Hillary Tricky joins us this morning. Hey, it's great talking to you and best of luck as you go out there and try to collect these school supplies. Thanks. Thanks for getting that info out. All right. We'll talk to you later, Hillary. Again, you can find out more at TogetherWeFosterNEA.org or on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash TogetherWeFoster. This is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by somebody I've known for, it seems like forever, uh, James Gray from the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center is on with us. How are you this morning, man? I am super fantastic. Well, thanks for having me on the radio show this morning. Hey, man, we're glad to have you. I, when I was talking to Mariana, she told me that uh, your title is the director of fun. Is that a legit title? It, it really is. It's on my business card as, as, as well as um, I'm the HR coordinator as well. So, But, yeah, um, I plan all the great events around here and, and, and try to boost the morale. So it is a, a, a an official title of mine, yes. I love it. So, like, as we get set, you know, there's so much stuff that's coming up, and we have a bake sale and blood drive that we're going to talk about. And, you know, I've already talked to Craig Pomerinke and Mariana, and we're getting set, and you're going to be a big part of this, too. I mean, dude, we're like, what is it, a little more than a month away from Arkansas State football? And you talk about transforming the Embassy Suites. Uh, Red Wolf Convention Center has really transformed the way we do tailgates. It's fantastic to tailgating parties around here, yeah. Um, with a band coming through and all kinds of exciting things in the hotel lobby, um, it's just a great big, huge, fun event um, every home game around here. My wife and I were talking the other night. We're like, man, we never really get to do anything and blah, blah, blah. And she, her her recommendation was, why don't we just go and, and get a room at the embassy and we can go and have dinner at Houlihan's. We can mm-hmm. hang out in the lobby. Got the pretty room in a hotel that feels like you're out of town. Like legit, we used to drive um, to to this hotel in downtown Memphis because it was a nice place to go and stay. And it was, you know, uh, vintage and all that kind of stuff. But, dude, you walk into the embassy and it feels like you're not even in northeast Arkansas. We love that. We love that effect. And, and, and you're not the only one that tells, it, tells that to us. So can you get me a couple of rooms? Brandon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you, you feed can you feed me while I'm there, too? Because the food you guys do is pretty oh incredible. Goodness, yeah. yeah, we can do that. They give you come from the banquet end of things when we do our great events um, in, the, in the Grand Harvest Ballroom. Um, yeah, we can do that for you. So, hey, the food that we had at the Cinco de Mayo event, like I could have had 10 plates of it. <laughs> it was good. That was too. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about as the director of fun, you have an event coming up next week that's going to serve multiple different purposes. Uh, There's a bake sale going on and there's a blood drive that's going to be happening for the American Red Cross. Why is this something that you guys at the embassy want to partner with? 
Well, so then um, we have a, we have a, a committee here at the Embassy Suites. Um, it's called the OREACH um, Team Committee, and what that is, it is our um, one of our core values. It's our commitment to community engagement. Um, we we encourage all of our team members to give back in various ways um, through fundraising, local charities. Um, and community involvement. So I thought, well, you know what? We're, we're raising money to buy school supplies for Stuff the Bus. Um, that's one of our um, fundraisers for August. And so then um, we thought, well, um, let's do a fundraiser. And I thought, since we've got a captive audience for the blood drive, let's do a bake sale. How weird is, you know, <laughs> bake, uh, uh, bake sale with blood drive is kind of weird. But, no. yeah, let's raise some money doing that. So that's what's going on. No, and here's the thing, though, about this. I think it's brilliant because typically after you donate blood, you need something to eat right after the fact. And boom, you got the food right there. To me, that's perfect. Yeah, I think we're going to have a lemonade stand and maybe some punch. Of course, watering tea, things like that for uh, for some refreshments. But, but yeah, we're going to raise money for Stuff the Bus. Um, and, and I'm hoping to raise a lot of money so I'm going to shop at Amazon um, fill up the bus for everybody over there. No, that's important too. Stuff the bus. We talk about this, um, you know, a bunch that as we get ready for the school season, especially with the way uh, the economy's been, inflation, all that stuff. It's a tight. Everybody's pinched more. I've realized in the last one week that my monthly bills, which are basically fixed bills, I thought mortgage went yeah. up, electricity went up, uh, insurance went up. Literally, my bills are now three hundred dollars more expensive this uh, this coming up month than they were this current month. And that's on top of gas prices and grocery right. prices. There's going to be people who are in more need for school supplies this year than probably ever before. So I think it's awesome that you guys are stepping up like that. Well, it's one of those things, you know, I, um, I had the, the privilege of, of um, when I was smaller for not necessarily stuff the bus that, that I was in need of those items, too, when I was yeah. growing up. So that's one of the things that's dear to my heart that we can help do that because we struggled. I know my parents struggled to supply me and my three other siblings yeah. all the school supplies we need when I was growing up. So it's one of those things that's near and dear to my heart to help out with. It, and it makes me feel good to do that. Who's going to be baking the goods? Well, so then, um, all of our hourly team members, um, I've told the people, we're only going to pick the good bakers, okay? Don't tell nobody I said that. Um, So, yeah, we don't want anything that's going to taste bad. So, um, we know pretty much who's a good baker around here, Um, myself included, um, a couple other people. So, our hourly team members are going to bake. I've got a couple of the managers that are going to help out a little bit, and um, we're just going to throw some stuff together and see what happens on the 28th and the 29th. What's your specialty? What's your baking specialty? Well, so then, I'm going to make a wet coconut cake. Um, that's really, really good. I'm going to make some German chocolate brownies um, that are pretty fantastic. And I don't know if I'm going to have the time to make some sugar cookies and frost them or not, but um, those are really good, too, that people beg for when I make those around here. So then we have the American Red Cross Blood Drive, which is a part of that, uh, teaming up with the St. Louis Cardinals and K-Fine. And the neat thing about this is, is yeah, we're going to have cool stuff to give you that is Cardinals-related when you donate blood, but... Uh, James, there's a there's a big need right now. The American Red Cross, because of the pandemic, they've seen less donations than they have in years past. So, uh, you know, we need we, we want the idea that if somebody needs blood in our family, that it's going to be there. Uh, and it takes donors to do that. And that's the reason we're pushing so hard to have people come and donate blood. Absolutely. And I think the more that we talk about it and the, and the more your presence and, and, and more of our radio spots get out there, I think that's going to help tremendously. So again, this is a bake sale for school supplies with Stuff the Bus, the American Red Cross Blood Drive uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals and KFON. This is happening next Thursday and Friday at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center, which is right there next to Centennial Bank Stadium. Uh, which part of the hotel is that going to be in? 
So then the base cell we're going to set up in the front so we're going to be visible. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not quite sure what room Candy has got the um, blood drive in, but um, I want to reiterate it's going to be from noon to five um, both days. Um, so just come in. There'll be people, people, people direct you to where you need to go um, to make that a little bit easier for everyone. Um, just park out front, come in the, in the front entrance. Uh, we'll tell you where to go from there. So you mentioned how the whole team likes to give back, right? Yes, sir. Is it still true what you told me before we get on the air that Candy Baker is the one member of the team that doesn't give back to the community? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Actually, you know, I told her this morning when I, she always comes in my office and says hi because she's right in the front door or, or the back entrance. I said, you're going to have to bake something for me on the 28th. She's like, okay, you want a cheesecake? I'm like, no, we're going to make it a little less fantastic than that. But she can bake. You want to I'm shocked. I mean, a pot stir. Dude, if her name is Candy Baker, you pretty much know that she needs to be able to bake, right? <laughs> You know, you would be surprised that she can do that because she's not really the great cook that we Oh, my candy. I had nothing to do with this. She's going to kill me. Uh, kill me. <laughs> Again, it's a bake sale for school supplies and the blood drive for the American Red Cross next Thursday and Friday from noon until 5 at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center. And he is the director of fun, James Gray. Hey, it's great talking to you, and we'll see you all next week, okay? Have a good day, y'all. All right, see you. Too. It's the K-Fine <laughs> Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. <laughs> Always starting stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man you need. Me. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. He's back with Wet Nose Wednesday. Uh, good morning to one of the busiest people we know. It seems like your day starts almost as early as ours. It does. I think I started about 730 this morning. All right. So I guess you have people or pets waiting for you when you get started, right? Pretty much. Some drop-offs, and uh, we're getting ready to start our appointments just in a few minutes here. Hey, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, the heat over the last number of weeks. And um, we've tried to give people the warning that we got to take care of our pets. We don't want them to be outside. Hopefully we know if the heat index is going to be over 110 degrees that it's dangerous for our pets. Have we done a good job? Have you seen any pets that are coming in with heat-related illnesses? Um, so far, I have not seen a heat stroke. We had a dog a couple of weeks ago that um, basically somebody found, or in fact, one of my employees found, I think we mentioned it, uh, found running on the down Harrisburg Road. And uh, when it got, when she got it here, it was 105 degrees, but we cooled it down and it, it uh, responded very quickly. And uh, we ended up finding the owner and so had a happy ending. But, you know, this dog had probably been only out running for, um, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, but it was one of those very hot days, kind of like this week, and it just, you know, it doesn't take long to just overwhelm their cooling mechanism. So that advice is still very appropriate for all the rest of this week and into next week. You know, you think about this, and sometimes I think about it when, when I'm, you know, giving my dogs either water or food. They're completely, um, they rely on us to make sure that we're taking care of them. Like our dogs can't go and get more water if they run out of water. We got to be on top of that stuff. Yeah, that's something that has to be checked several times a day, especially if you have an outdoor pet. Um, you know, you need to, you know, make a point to go home midday or have somebody check and, and you know, refill their water if, if it needs, uh, if it's empty. So Murphy Lee, what the hook going to be? Uh-oh, I don't need no Murphy hook on this beat. He's my Cavapoo. He mm -hmm. ate that whole box of spicy chicken from Popeye's and Kevin. 
He made the biggest mess overnight, uh, Tuesday, no, Monday night into Tuesday. And it's still kind of, it looks like he still has a little bit of a belly issue this morning. How long is something like that going to last if he ate a box of spicy chicken? You know, you'd be looking probably at 48 to 72 hours, you know, oh. and what you're looking for is for it to just get a little better each day. And, uh, but yeah, something like that, when, when their GI tract's not accustomed to spice like that or, or, uh, you know, uh, higher fat content, you know, it can really, really turn it, um, turn it upside down for a few days. So is there anything I could feed him to, to kind of calm his belly? You know, you you'd want to feed a real bland diet. Uh, you know, the symptomatic, uh, you know, basic treatment for diarrhea is to withhold their food for about 12 to 24 hours. Just let everything get out of their system and let them have water, small amounts of water. Don't let them drink too fast or they're going to regurgitate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, you know, over the counter anti-diarrheals will help sometimes. And, uh, uh, it's basically, you know, that bacterial population has to kind of reestablish itself in the small intestine. You know, it's sad, though, is because, you know, I was trying to explain to my wife, he's an animal. He is, uh, even though he's a beautiful little dog, you know, he's he's going to seek out food. That's what they do. They're hunting. They're looking for food. And he found the food, and it wasn't his fault that it was on Kai's bed. <laughs> uh, but at the same point, he he actively doesn't know why he doesn't feel good. Like for us, you know, we can kind of predict, oh, we ate this. That's why we feel bad. He just knows his belly's messed up, and he has no idea why. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. You know, he... They don't really have a cause and effect. He knows it was good, tasted wonderful while he was eating it, and uh, but he doesn't think back, most likely, to think, this is why I'm sick now. So, anyway, will you call Leslie about that? Because she's a little aggravated at him still. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell her it'll it'll pass. Everything will pass. With yeah, it'll pass, and she'll have to clean it up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, what else do we need to think about with our pet population? You know, I saw kind of a disturbing news article, yes, it just came out yesterday, and it, uh, you know, we saw a big increase in people adopting pets during the couple years of the pandemic. You know, they were home a lot, and, you know, they needed maybe some companionship, or, you know, just they they, they were ready for a pet, but there was a big increase in um, pets being adopted from shelters. In this story, uh, the sad thing about it is that a lot of families are having to return their pets to the animal shelters just due to, you know, the inflation, the rising costs of basic needs like gasoline, food, rent. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's sad because in this one uh, shelter group in New York City, um, their their surrenders, owner surrenders of dogs and cats both are up by 25% compared to last year. And, you know, this puts a, a burden on animal shelters because, not only are they getting that influx of animals they normally wouldn't get, you know, on top of the ones that are found or, you know, homeless and then they're trying to take care of. And, uh, you know, a lot of pet owners are having to give up pets because especially in larger cities, if their rent's gone up, they may have to move to a smaller place that may not require, you know, may not uh, allow pets. They're not pet friendly or they actually ban pets. And, you know, this is really sad because you're, these pets are part of the owner's family. And, uh, you know, one study showed that um, even the cost of, uh, well, this was interesting. I don't know that it's that high here, but the ASPCA estimated the average annual cost of owning a dog is $1,391 a year, almost $1,400. And the average cost for a cat is about $1,200. So, 
you know, and we do know um, the, the total pet cost, you know, or pet-related items are up 7.1% year-to-date compared to last year. Right. And, you know, here we are just six months into the year. Um, and that's, that's not in, that's just the normal maintenance of a, of a dog, you know, their medication, their food, um, and, and the same with a cat. Um, that doesn't include one-time medical procedures like a spay or a neuter or microchipping or some medical issue that may arise. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, when, when you don't have the, uh, expendable income, once you've paid for your basic necessities, uh, and you may not be able to afford, uh, pet food. So, you know, these, these animals, uh, are being returned to shelters and it's, um, you know, it's sad not only for the family that has to do it, but it's also sad for the animal uh, facilities that have to deal with those increased numbers. And, you know, it's still recommended just spay and neuter your pets. You know, we don't need more, more uh, unwanted pets. And, uh, you know, that's just a never-ending cycle. And um, that puts a burden on these shelters, too. So, you know, there, there are options like pet insurance, pet health insurance, you know, have a rainy day fund for your pet, uh, you know, try to keep them preventive-wise as healthy as possible because it's much less expensive to prevent a problem than it is to actually treat, treat an issue if it arises. So vaccinations are important. Uh, heartworm prevention administration is very important. And, uh, you know, feed them good quality food. Uh, probably avoid the spicy chicken boxes, but uh, <laughs> heard <laughs> uh, occasionally. You know they can have a little treat. Just don't overdo it. Yeah, but yeah, just uh, you know. And and I've noticed on some of the social media pages, there seems to be a lot of people you know wanting to rehome dogs. I mean, more so than I remember you know even last year. So I don't know what the circumstances are on all of them, but I'm sure in some cases it's just due to the increased cost of everything. Yeah. You know, I think my uh, cost uh, of, of purchasing medication and supplies is probably up about 5 to 10% on some items just, wow. just this year. So, you know, it all kind of, you know, it's passed on. And, uh, um, you know, we know the, the price of gas, the price of food. And, um, you know, sometimes there's just not enough left for our pets. And, uh, you know, that sometimes becomes a necessity to have to get them to somebody that can take care of them. So we talk, we often talk about how pets have, you know, their, their memory's different and the way they process information is different. But it seems to me the one thing that most people can agree on is that if you take a pet out of a home, they, they understand that their surroundings have changed and their people are gone. They might not like, uh, Murphy Lee doesn't know that he ate spicy chicken, but if all of a sudden he was in a shelter or somewhere else, he probably would be sad about that, right? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, I think it's a major stress in their life, you know, when they, uh, you know, going from a shelter to a family, uh, you know, there's an adjustment there, but I think it's a, you know, the end result is a very happy pet, uh, because they, they're given love and more attention. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, reverse that and a, a pet that's been cared for and had a lot of attention and all of a sudden it's back into a shelter environment. Mm-hmm. You know, they do the best they can, but, you know, there's multiple animals that have to be taken care of. So an individual animal doesn't get the time that it needs, uh, like it would when it was in a family. So, you know, it's gotta be, um, you know, heartbreaking for the pet to go back, you know, like that, and then hopefully get adopted again. 
So again, we need to do our best to try to uh, be aware of that situation. Obviously, don't take in pets if you don't think you can keep them for the long term. I think that's one thing that's important. But uh, you know, the idea that you know having to give up a pet just because everything's more expensive—that's sad. Uh, but I guess it's the reality of what we deal with in 2022. Yeah, and I, you know, hopefully, unless something changes, I think it's going to get worse as, as uh, the year goes on. So just uh, you know, have a little rainy day fund in case something does health issues crop up with your pets. Great advice right there from the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed with Wet Nose Wednesday from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. Find out more at vet-care.com and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. And Dr. Reed, we'll talk to you back here next week. Seven days from now, I'll be here. I see, man. It's the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you check out today's podcast, it's Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. We talk Toys R Us, fond memories, because evidently Toys R Us is about to make a nationwide comeback, at least in some parts yeah, of the nation. Yeah, that makes us excited. Uh, I have a dream that's concerning. We'll talk about that. There's also <laughs> the anniversary of man's landing on the moon, which Kelly has called fake. Okay, Brandon. News on a Shania Twain documentary, uh, Luke Combs coming to Apple Music, all of that. Uh, plus, we did the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Family Zinc. We talked to Dr. Shane Spites. He's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. Uh, first of all, we talked to him about COVID because, unfortunately, those uh, numbers are rising. But should we be concerned? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that. He also told us not to have more than four drinks a year or something like that. So. Uh, we canceled all future visits with Dr. Oh, Shane. Okay. Uh, Michael Weaver is from FOA Jonesboro was on this morning. We talked to him. Hillary Tricky talked uh, together. We foster James Gray from Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center. Uh, he was on talking about next week's bake sale and blood drive. Uh, Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. What knows Wednesday? All of that on today's podcast. It's the Arkansas Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? Stephen Curry hosts the 2022 ESPYs. I know you're excited about that because you love sports. I'm very into sports. Yep. Athletes. Yes. So you think you can dance is on tonight and the fifth season premiere of Grownish. Hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.